Watch who? Hello. Hello and welcome to To Watch Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I'm new to watching Who. Yeah, watching for the very first time. Very first time. Yes, and it's, uh, oh, actually, it's the beginning of a new season. I Can you believe we're at nine? It's season nine. I completely forgot. This is the first episode of season nine. I can't believe I'm at nine. Uh, are you still still feeling okay about <laughs> going through Doctor Who? About what I'm doing, what I've committed my life to. Um, yeah, I mean, it's fine. I'm here. I'm doing okay. it. Um, you join us, listener. Uh, we're at um, a lovely country house, actually. Sir Reginald's house. It's like the, the Downton Abbey of Doctor Who, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some cheese and wine. Oh, yeah. I like that. Shall I pour you some vintage? I love that for me. Yeah, sure. Yeah, great. Okay. Very relaxing. Very nice uh, to start. And um, we are expecting some guests, I think. Oh, what's that noise? What's that spacey, timey futuristic noise. I think there's some some people materialising before us. <laughs> Hopefully not ghosts. Well, I don't know. Oh, it's it's David and Richard. Hello. Hello. So you come from the future. Um, how was your journey? No complications. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> he knows me so well. We're so only you... here for Gorg and Zola, to be honest, yeah. so we'll take that and run. <laughs> so you come 200 years from the future, brilliant. I've had a bit of a journey, haven't I? I started off on the web planet, then I've, then I've gone on to that, whatever the dominator is now, and I'm 200 years yeah, in the future. You didn't send me a postcard from any of no. them as well. Yeah, so David, yeah, last time it was on Dolkis, wasn't it? And we had them curtains, and you're back again to talk about a, a, a favourite episode. <laughs> No. <laughs> well, for some people, I'm sure, but not for this fan over here. Okay, okay. And welcome, Richard, to the podcast. So, you are new to Who in a way? Newish to Whoish, really. So, Ooh. I was a big fan of New Who when it came, came out. So, what, 2005 that was? I was of the prime 12, 13 age for that. But I knew about who before that. So my brother was a big fat and he um, he had some toy Daleks. He had some Dalek pictures he'd done. Um, and we had, so I grew up near Hastings and there was a shop on the seafront there, which was a Doctor Who shop, which had a big Cyberman outside of it. Oh, um, Mark, that sounds like your dream. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be surprised dream. if you hadn't ever been to it. But um, every day, every day when we drive past, there'd be a Cyberman waving at us, and I suppose, and in our subconscious, we were going, well, "What the hell is that?" So, that, was, that was an out of work Cyberman. That was, yeah, that's yeah. The career was over for him. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, so I've always been aware of who, and I was a big, big fan of it when it when it came back, although I'd never watched it before, um, and I sort of watched it for good, you know, obsessively for a good number of years dropped off as I got older but then that's when I started to become aware of the older stuff so my first ever old classic who I watched was one called The Caves of Adrazani oh so that's a good one to start off it's on. a good one to start mm. with Sarah will know nothing about that and I won't say anything more but I Not started I started strong and then <laughs> over the years David's been introducing me to the not so strong 
stuff as well. <laughs> and then you and you've ended up here with Day of the Daleks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you could here say you it are. was all worth it. <laughs> but this is the first time you've seen Day of the Daleks. This was my first time and potentially last. Okay, well that, that's interesting. We've got a good uh, mix of uh, different viewpoints here today. This will be very interesting because we have no idea what Sarah thinks. Sarah, you watched via BritBox, didn't you? Yeah. So you've watched the special edition. Yeah, maybe that helped. And we've all watched the original. So that wasn't the plan. I was explaining that <laughs> you were going to watch the original with me, but <laughs> you got a bit wet in the day. <laughs> in a rainstorm, basically. We heard you got <laughs> too wet. We just, we just, we just heard you got wet. and We didn't want to ask anything more, <laughs> really. I just explained it as that. Of course you did. Of course you did. Mark's innuendo central without even knowing. No, yeah. I got caught in a load of rain and I was just really, well, wet. He's correct. And I was like, I just want to go home and get changed and be in warm clothes. So we're recording like online. That wasn't the plan. We've watched separate. That wasn't the plan. My cat's having a crazy day. That wasn't the plan. So I apologize if you get like moaning Myrtle in the background here. So it's sauce. a great start to season nine, all told. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and um, and David, you chose. I mean, we were talking about which uh, which third Doctor episode to talk about, and you chose Day of the Daleks. So, w- what was the reasoning behind that? <laughs> I sort of requested this one because this is a story over age that I hate more and more after watching it. <laughs> as a as a kid, I absolutely loved this story. I remember watching it on VHS. In fact, people can't see this at home, so this is going to make a great podcast. But there's a video cover here of of the original uh, Day of the Daleks. Um, And actually on the cover, there's seven Daleks. Whereas in reality for the programme, there's only three. Mm. Um, And I'll I'll, I'll go into it more when we discuss it. But the more I watch the story, the more I, I don't like it. It's a weird one because it was very, it was out on video very early on, wasn't it? It's one of the first ones. Uh, this one's a cash converters one for me. Three pound from cash converters is bargain. <laughs> <laughs> so that always springs to mind. And it was unedited. They didn't put them in episodes, did they, early on? So you just got the, the feature length version. Then it got re-released a couple of times, I think, uh, with, with episodes. And then out on DVD with this special edition as well. So uh, it, I feel like it's one that people have watched a lot just because it came out on video early on. When I was very little and I started getting into Doctor Who, I thought every Doctor Who story had the Daleks in. This was one of the only few that I actually watched as a kid because I was like, it's Daleks, I want to see it. And yeah, so the older I get, the more I'm just like... Oh. Well, that happens, doesn't it? You watch something a lot with a kid, it's a comfort blanket for you. You watch it again as an adult and you start to see the flaws in it and it's just mm. a disappointment almost. So. Well, so Sarah, just generally, are you saying that you like this one? I didn't think it was that bad. And I do not like the Daleks. Like, let, let's stipulate that out. I really do not like the Daleks. I didn't mind it. And maybe it's because it's the first time I'm watching it. You know, like when you watch something for the very first time, it's like, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's like you just take a lot of it at face value and you just go with it. But, you know, you guys have obviously... I know you've watched it for the first time, Richard, but, like, you know... Very first time! time. (laughs) (laughs) What's what's interesting, though, is um, 
because obviously you've watched the special edition, you didn't have to hear the atrocious Dalek voices that always talk like this and there is no break in any of the dialogue. And then you've got the South African Dalek, who's uh, like a lower Dalek like that. And it, 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 that's the other reason I don't like this story is because the Daleks sound it, it, ridiculous. I mean, it's, I that's the thing. I noticed special- that, so maybe that yeah, was but, it. But Sarah, you've got the new version where they've done the redone the voices, you see. So yeah. yeah, that's that must be it because they didn't frustrate me as much. There was a point when I was watching it and I thought there were it was almost modern day, like it had a good pace to it. It didn't feel like I was watching something old, and maybe it's because they had like you know the special effects and stuff like that that made it feel not like I'm watching now, but it didn't feel as old. And I was like, maybe it's a season nine thing as well. I don't know. Well, let's go through the story. Uh, go through the notes and we will discuss as we go through. Uh, so we start off in this lovely country house. Uh, does anyone want to eat wine and cheese before we start? I always want to eat wine. You have a bit more. I'll, I'll hand it round. There we go. Um, <laughs> Do you have any Wensleydale? Oh, yeah, tons, tons. It's <laughs> <laughs> Stilton, though. And we have Sir Reginald Styles, possibly a distant relation to Harry Styles. I don't know, maybe. Um, his grandfather or something um, and yes this uh, person from the future comes through and uh, it's a it's quite a good opening you're actually. forgetting one thing though what Miss Paget? Miss Paget, yes hello I'm Miss Paget. <laughs> you will be sure but nobody disturbs you mind you yes the secretary yes no Miss Paget. fantastic pa- her fantastic uh, suits of multicolours, yes. yes. She's known Miss Hawthorne, but you know. Now, now, I, oh, I listened. I, I listened to your latest episode of the Demons just the day, and I did watch the Demons a few weeks ago. And David had told me I would love Miss Hawthorne. She was all right. <gasps> Everyone loves Miss Hawthorne. We've got time for on today's yes. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Never, go Never coming back in. And then we've got the Doctor and Joe, and the Doctor's working on the TARDIS again. And that reminds me very much of season seven, where he's already got in you know, like Ambassadors of Death, and where there's him and Liz working on the console. I'm not really a fan of those kind of scenes. I think the reason I don't like this story, and that's a this is a great moment to talk about it, it's I feel it's very badly directed, to the point of it's lazily directed. Like I mean, I'm I'm no I'm no Ridley Scott. I'm going to say that now. But I can I can tell when something isn't well directed, and the amount of times that the camera just zooms in and out and zooms out and fades and stuff. I mean, it, and that's a prime example of in that scene, there was no effort made whatsoever, and it's it does seem a lot of like stick the camera there, do your lines, like there's no creativity in any of the shots. They've got that yellow background, which is obviously like the CSO blue, yellow, whatever, and they haven't bothered to do anything. It, it really always stands out to me that they've left this yellow. Sarah, did you have a yellow background? Yeah, they do. In the, so, maybe they got no. rid of that for the dish. They probably fixed everything for your version. But, yeah, but we, I've got, like, the best version. I'm like, <laughs> this is all right. You've been watching the wrong version all this time. Yeah. You know when this other Doctor and Joe turn up at the beginning, there's the doubles of them, did they have a yellow background? I don't, I don't, or maybe, maybe they did. It did feel like in your face yellow though. So I watched the documentary before doing this and they were all saying about how, like how the director wouldn't take any notes or anything. And it was all very much his way or no way. And the actor who played Shura 
um, talked about how in that final scene where he's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, not this time. He was trying to make it all really dramatic and the director was just like, get on with it. Just say the lines. And you can really tell in this story that it does just seems like no effort whatsoever was made to make this feel epic. I mean, considering it's it's like the start of a season, it's been a long time since we've seen the Daleks. You'd want like, I don't know, some sort of big grand, we're back, (laughs) you know, sort of thing. And I feel like, and maybe it's just because I've had like the special edition. So I've had a boosted version. It feels like the story has the potential for it. I felt like there was a much more interesting story going on that just wasn't explored. This whole idea, I mean, we're jumping around this already, but this whole idea about coming back from the future to assassinate someone, what the repercussions of that, should you do it? The whole sort of concept of, would you travel back in time to kill Hitler? That kind of thing. And that just didn't really happen. They didn't delve into it anywhere. They just decided that it was more interesting to have the Daleks in and Star Trek as well. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. The, the fir- especially the first two episodes I found were just a lot of characters sitting and waiting for stuff to happen. It's a great story. It's a great sci-fi story on its own. Take all the Doctor Who elements out. Yeah, I, it's the production that lets it down for me. And I think that's a shame because, as you said, it's, a, it's actually a very interesting story. But it just feels like that there was absolutely nothing, no effort made whatsoever to make it as epic as it could have been, which the special edition does very well. Well, so UNIT are organising another peace conference, as they always do now. That's what they do. I don't know why UNIT always get, end up having to do It's not a UNIT thing. I don't know why they do that. Why uh, was it in have... the 80s we were all about peace conferences? Like... Band-Aid, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> There seems to be so many peace conferences. I'm like, I mean, maybe I just didn't pay enough attention in history, but like, I didn't feel but, there was that many wars about to happen. But this we'll con- out of these peace conferences, maybe that's <laughs> not why. that we know of, not that they told us. <laughs> <laughs> but in this conference, they missed a trick. They could have had uh, Chin Lee from Mind of Evil coming back as a delegate. They could have had Bill Filer representing the Americans. That would have been cool. Corporal Bell just helping out. They could you have had all those. <laughs> Move Mary on. Ash, Mary Ash pop in for, to do the catering. <gasps> Move <laughs> on. Like Edith all over again. Move on. They could have booked Edith. She could have used the kitchens there at Downton Abbey. It would have been amazing. Anyway. Talking of Corporal Bell, she should have been the woman who was at the, uh, you know, in the unit when all that noise went off. That should have been Corporal Bell. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah. I might have remembered her. <laughs> I didn't remember her either, don't worry. Okay. No, there's a more iconic person coming up, but we'll talk about her when she Okay. Arrives. As as the story unfolds, uh, we see an Ogron, our first monster of this season. Well, Sarah, what are your thoughts on the Ogrons? They're all right. They're, they're cool. They're different. They didn't look tacky in like a Silurian, you can see the zipper on the back way. Sensorites. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, both. <laughs> 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 I thought they were all right, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, we've had worse in colour. We've had just weird arms. These moved, the movements of them. I'm not sure if they were particularly scary or like, you know, I didn't feel like, ooh, what's that? But I was a bit like, okay, new monster, that's all right. Look at that okay. head. Well, we go forward in time. We see this Oh, that's time. a lie. <laughs> Sorry, that's a lie. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and there anyway. we have the title for the episode <laughs> anyway so we go forward in time 
and we meet the controller and we yeah we have our our spacey set it was very star trek to me i had to i had to look up when star trek was and it was before this i liked it though i did it's all green and silver everyone's got if everyone's a bit silvery shiny i'm not sure if that's the best look well you've got the uh, you've got the women in the background playing their consoles like a theremin just just busy working. Yeah. Dusty Springfield. Dusty Springfield. Dusty clones. Springfield in the back. Doing yeah. It's the best movie. Now, are they better than Control Unit Women from Ambassadors of Death? No. Uh, no. <laughs> no. I, I will I will stand by Control Woman. What's her name? I don't <laughs> know. Unit Woman. I will don't stand know. by Control, control, control Woman. I've, I've even put that in my notes. I put iconic, but no Control Unit Woman. They obviously knew that she was going to be so popular. Like, God, we've got to get some more characters in like that. Mm. You know, get the ride on that train. Maybe they're future relations of Control Unit Women. That's her whole family there. They've learned how to do the Control Unit. Yeah, the Jewish one. My grandmother before me was a Control Woman. Yeah. But I want to be on the stage. No, your family tradition is you're, in, you're a Control Unit Woman. I got very confused as a kid watching this because the controller... Is the Candyman from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? The Candyman can. Because when I was young, I never understood when watching Doctor Who. If if uh, if actors appeared in other things, I never understood why. I was about three or four. Can I just say it wasn't like yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Three. I would. I wouldn't understand why the Candyman from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was in Day of the Daleks. I just could. I, just, I couldn't fathom it. But I do think he's very over the top in this. He's very theatrical. He wants to be heard in the back of the stools, kind of. So he would have done. He would have done that film before Day of the Daleks, wouldn't he? Yeah. Who can take a sunrise? Who can take a sunrise? <laughs> the Candyman can. Because he mixes the it. Candyman can. Makes the world taste good. This is going to be so out of sync. Uh, when I was watching it, I always think of gold, the Golden Ticket one. I've got a golden ticket. I got a golden Dalek. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, could, yeah, so the controller. We're a Doctor yeah. Who podcast. So. Yeah. <laughs> I I quite enjoyed the controller's performance. I found, and because I found a lot of the rest of the episode quite bland, I just enjoyed the slightly over the top elements of it. But what you don't know is how lucky you are that they didn't get rid of you straight away. He tried to kill the Doctor. He's still with them, is he? This friend of yours yes they're holding him prisoner then i am afraid he is in very grave danger he was quite i found him quite fun and i enjoyed the sort of the campness of his all green sort of zip up velcro you said it looked like a brillo pad kind of setup it did it looked like the material you'd have for a brillo pad yeah okay so, so do you hang think on, sorry mark sorry. i just want to put my feminist hat on for a minute puts it on this is the first time where I noticed for a long time that Doctor Who and women are just in this one role and are just typecast in this one way. Aka unit control woman. Like, like they're just this thing. And they're all, you know, if you're going to have a woman or if you're going to have someone stood at a desk, it's a woman, she's probably blonde and she has no personality. The only one that broke through the barrier is unit control one because she stared you down the camera, you know? Hang on, but what about Anat, the army woman from the future? It's a good role for a woman. Oh, yeah. There are other women. I mean, look, throughout all these episodes, of, but if you're going to have, you know, a spaceshipy thing, it's just like a general typecast thing that I've noticed in the last season mm. or so. 
You're right. You've got the world ruled by men and the women are there in the background to support them and hand them yeah. the phone ever so often. But we do have, I mean, are we talking, okay, this might be proving your point, Sarah. Which woman are we talking about? <laughs> are we talking about the one that speaks a bit later on? Because she wow, is... she gets lines. Because wow. well, she... <laughs> she, is she the control unit woman? Uh, you know, because she's a bit... Is she sort of spying on the controller? She's a... You think she's... Also, considering they're supposed to be humans, why is she shiny? Like, she's got gold shimmer all over her face, like you said. <gasps> well, I feel like they're a bit sort of brainwashed by the Daleks, or they're... I, I got a feeling that they were somehow hypnotised or something. I'm secretly hoping the actress is still alive and so we can meet her at a convention at some point. Oh, my God. <gasps> Control unit women reunion. <laughs> That's a thing. They all need to have a console with them so they can just go up to the Do you press yours like that? I, oh. I press mine like this. Do you use the T430 for that program? Yes. <laughs> but I mean, to Sarah's point, I also noticed in the credits the I think it must be Theremin Woman was girl technician. And yeah. she was a girl. I thought, oh, and it was unit, 70s, do better. Unit operator, wasn't it? it was the other oh, unit operator's fine. Oh. Clothes watch. Let's talk clothes about watch, Joe. Clothes watch, clothes watch. Oh, Joe's outfit. It it's looks like, like she... she's got little cowboy boots on. She's got a Western-like shirt. It's a really short thing. I'm like, love, you're in the army. I'm not saying she needs to be like... Amish. We've had this conversation. I like that she's. I don't know. It's just it plays to the whole like sexy assistant role. Yeah, beginning of her second season, they've forgotten she's not wearing that sort of trouser suit that she had at the beginning as a unit member. Yeah, she that's just gone now. And she yeah. can flirt with the men and bring out food and drinks for them. And Lishaw would never have done that. No, she would have just solved everything with before the episode. There would be no season because she would have just solved it all. <laughs> I really did notice as well is, and I didn't, I didn't like it was the dynamic between the Doctor and Joe. It was very dismiss. He's very dismissive of her. That's he's what very I think. Patronizing of her as well, and I hadn't noticed. I sort of only seen a few other Joe episodes, and I'd never really noticed it before. But it just it almost made me a bit uncomfortable at some point because I was sitting there thinking, why is Joe putting up with this? She's, yeah. she's getting nothing out of it. She hasn't. She's only travelled what once. So far, yeah, yeah. All she's getting is basically peril. Other than that, like, why, why is she still here? There was, there was the line, wasn't it, where he said, "Oh, I should keep when they when they've been locked up," and he says, "Oh, I should keep your mouth shut because it would just be endless questions or something like that." And you're like, "Oh, all right." And there's that line at the end where they're trying to get everyone out of the house, and it's like, "Right, Brigadier, do this." Like, who Yates do this or whatever, and it's like Joe. Stay there. <laughs> Don't do anything. <laughs> Make some yeah. tea. I know, uh, but that's it. She might as well. Yeah, I, I think you notice it more because it's only her. The others don't count in the same way. They're not with him in the same contact. But because I think if it was like maybe a male, he might be dismissive to both of them. But because it is just Joe, like it's all on Joe. Like the infamous coffee scene is a prime example of her just being completely dismissed. Do you still like Joe, Sarah? Yeah, I don't not like Joe. In the same way that, like, quite other than Polly, I <laughs> we won't go down that road. <laughs> other than Polly, generally, I like all the female characters. I don't appreciate how the writers portray them and how they're in that sense. But 
a lot a lot of Joe's stories, she is the only woman. There are no female guest actors. I mean, there's a few in like, you know, you've got Miss Hawthorne and um, Gail Platt. But in a lot of those stories, she it's just her. And, you know, yeah. and I would say even in this one, really, because there are no, I mean, well, there's a gnat. A gnat? A gnat? A gnat, yeah. A gnat. But I mean, even then, like... <laughs> but then, yeah, she she bears nah. the brunt of any male character in that case because yeah. you haven't got sounds as bad as it is. You haven't got other women for it to be spread out amongst. No, mm. and actually, Annette, Annette, whoever you are, love, like that could have been a male. There is nothing about that role that's female. What was? And I'm really going back, but do you remember when we had uh, the villain female? What was her name? I want to say it was on series three or four. Blonde Marga. Marga. Thanks, David. Marga. Like, she was amazing to the point where I was like, I could not imagine a man playing that. That even I think you said at the time that it was a man originally and then they changed it to women. But I could not even imagine a man playing that because she like made it so of a woman. Annette and that Annie, like she just it could have been a man. Mm. There was I, nothing distinct about it other than... I thought she was good. I thought she was really good. I just didn't think there was anything. It felt a bit like she was filling the quotes of, oh, we need another actress. Yeah. She was the leader, though. She was the leader, wasn't she, out of them three? Yeah, but... but you have the other leader. in terms of status, but, like, as the story went on, like, you know, and they're explaining, that other guy was doing just as much. She just felt part of the gang. I will say that I do think in that... Of acting performances wise was the best one. I do yes. find that a lot of the other performances were n- not great or n- not very interesting. And at least I, I, I believed her. Whereas a lot of the other characters in this, I was like, you're clearly just saying some lines. And maybe it's because she had more to prove because she's like the only woman other than Joe, who's regular. I mean, the other, like we say, there are other women there, but they're just on the spaceship. With the controller, I thought he. Do you think he was sort of a good character, sympathetic character? I sort of felt sorry for him towards the end. He's not like a villain villain. He's pushed into a corner. He's, in a way, you know, he, how are you going to fight against the Daleks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Kind of survive. Yeah, it's it's a dog-eat-dog world kind of thing. Isn't I kind of just felt sorry for him. And you could tell, as it, you know, the more of the Dalek chat conversation we're having, you could tell that, like, he didn't really believe it. He's only doing it to stay alive. I thought it was quite. I thought it was quite good. Like but you, you see, I'm I'm going to be like the bitch of Eastwick here, but I <laughs> I actually didn't because I because I find that performance so annoying that actually I have no sympathy for him by the end. Really, every time he appears, I'm just like, oh, just like I just think it's such a such a theatrical performance, and I just think it doesn't it doesn't fit with a story like this. I think he's quite. He's a bit creepy. I think he's playing it. Is he trying to play it creepy and a bit? He can't even die attention. properly. <laughs> so what was your death like? No, sorry. I mean, like, how did it look for you guys? Because mine, I got, like, the whole skeleton and stuff. And oh, so no, we, he just... we had a very strange effect. It was all white. Mm. Yeah. It did look like he shat himself a little bit, I will say, because he kind of pulls quite a funny face, but then sort of doesn't really... I mean, if someone gets exterminated, I want screaming hands in the air, like, a bit over the top. I don't just want someone to sort of go... Ugh, and then just fall down completely. I I want you know I want to yeah. 
You got to get that balance, haven't you? When you have when you're exterminated. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it, yeah, mine. He was sort of like he sort of went up, but it was like a boo, and then you saw like his whole skeleton, and it lasted for quite a while. To be fair, like compared to normal, like boo, you're dead. It was kind of like a boo skeleton. Ah. Another thing that really annoyed me. I'm just gonna say what really annoyed <laughs> me because really. I'm only saying this because we haven't mentioned it because it's before this. Mm. Was every cliffhanger in this story is the Daleks. Yet we see the Daleks because you have that bit where he turns around and goes, report. And that's so I don't understand why it's such a shock. The story is called, it's got the Daleks in the title. You know, the Daleks are going to be in it. It would have been so much better if it was a surprise after so long to actually, because when you first see it, it's like at the back and it's like one line and it's like, oh, but I'm like, but I don't know why I'm saying ooh because I knew they were going to be in it. It's just been a while. It would have that been was a, my, a, that was that was my exact feeling as well. Is and I, I completely get why they would have called it off the Daleks because they're getting viewers in. Everyone loves the Daleks. Call it off the Daleks. You get people watching. But yeah, there was the, the, the story was acting like we didn't know, and then it reveals them in some sort of great coup de force, and you think, oh, okay, fine, we knew this anyway. Yeah. I mean, I would have. I mean, which, I'm jumping a bit, but I would have found it much more effective if the first time we saw the Daleks was at the end of that second episode. You like that? I really like mm. that cliffhanger. There was yeah. no need to have seen them by that point. They had served no purpose whatsoever. Yeah, and every- the first episode, it's like literally like three seconds and it's the back of one just like there. You see, if you know the Daleks, you know that's a Dalek, you know. But you already know they're going to be there. It's in the title. And, you know, every... every this isn't really a spoiler, I would say, but, you know... The, Lots of stories are called Dirt of the Daleks. And nine times out of ten, the episode one cliffhanger is going to be a Dalek. And you kind of think, like, in some some situations, it works quite well. Like, Evil of the Daleks is quite a nice surprise that that Dalek appears in the back of an antique shop because you don't expect a Dalek to appear. But in this, like I said, you, you see a Dalek for three seconds and then suddenly it's a big surprise that they're there. And I just, yeah, I just, it doesn't quite work. But the Daleks overall in this are not, well, they're not utilised very well. They are in the background quite a lot. And we haven't seen the Daleks since Evil of the Daleks. That's like, what, five years? Something like that? Their first colour appearance, it's more like this is what we remembered the Daleks in the 60s to be. It feels like this production team are like, well, we've never done the Daleks before. How do we do it? They're not, yeah, they're not shot very well. They don't sound very good. And yeah, they, they don't need to be there at all. It's not, it's not this, it should be an epic comeback for them. And, and but, there's only three. Yeah, they only use three. Yeah. I think Sarah, Sarah, I think you had a few more in your special edition, but there are only actually three. <laughs> I might have done, because there's definitely three whenever they're doing the talking. Well, one's gold. That's something. Yeah, they look cool in colour. <laughs> I, I like. I quite liked the design. I suppose if I were thinking of being an audience member of the seventies, I would have been quite amazed to finally see the Daleks in colour. So that's something. But you're right, yeah. Mark. They're, they're completely superfluous to the plot. I mean, I suppose the idea is that they're meant to be. They're meant to be in the background because they've been controlling the Earth for the last two hundred years or whatever it is. Again, if you're having them hidden in the background, you don't then just show them randomly with no real reason. To yeah. Yeah. any kind of suspense 
Well, I was going to say, they always mine. I've just realised that today. <laughs> they always have a mine. Wherever they are, they have humans mining for them. They should invent some mining equipment. They should have a pickaxe. It'd be much more useful. How many stories do they mine? There's loads, and there's loads coming up where they mine. <laughs> Spoilers. Sorry. Yeah. Well. Oh, yes, the mining trilogy. It's a great one where you get there. That's a great, yeah, Minings of the Daleks. It's so we, good. What, we said, didn't we, that if the Daleks had not been in this, what would it have been called? Oh, uh, we thought assassination from the future or something like that. Yeah. But really, Day of the Daleks. You came up with that actually, so I, you should take credit for that. Day of the Daleks doesn't actually make any sense. No. I mean, for a start, it's set across multiple days, so um, <laughs> yeah, it, it just it just feels like they wanted off the Daleks, and it's like, well, we can stick that in. That'll be fine. If I was going off that title, I would have presumed they were going to be right towards the end, and it was some sort of really big moment we you know building up and it actually the big boss is them and it's like some big their moment the day of the daleks you know and actually they've been there a while you think like like um like independence day or something so benton and yates in that in this they're not in it as much as they have been but it's nice that they are in it because we we like benton and yates now don't we i was really worried they were gonna die <laughs> you know, when the Daleks were like killing, I was like, "Oh my god, what if you feel bad to this? Or what if those other people like shoot one of them?" Like, I, I genuinely was worried that Benton, something was going to happen to one of them. We did have a bit of a revelation in this story, though. We found out Yates is an alcoholic. Did you see how he down that red wine? It <laughs> 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 was a big glass. I mean, I think saying, "Ha ha, look at him down it." <laughs> well, they all have a quite a lot of wine in this. Oh, the Doctor has quite a bit. He has some in the, in the past and in the future. You would you would think of all of the unit soldiers, it would be Benton, because in the previous story, he had to do the fertility dance with Miss Hawthorne. <laughs> he got that cloak thrown over him by the Master, which somehow knocked him out. You know, and then and then in this, yeah, he's... he didn't get a chance though, did he? Who are we all? Are we all Team Yates or Team Benton at the moment? I don't know which one's which, so yes. <laughs> Sarah, do you know which one's which? Yeah, Benton's okay. the lower-ranking one, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. I like Benton because he did the fertility dance with Miss Hawthorne. Okay, okay. And any, any man that's willing to do that is good in my book. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the Doctor and Joe uh, spending the night in a haunted house. And um, oh, it's really annoying the way the doctor's like, oh, it's only the door, it's only the wind. I, I don't know, it just annoys me the way he says that. Here's something that annoys me actually, because we go, like it's one. If I just watch it, I'd have been like, okay, fine, move on. But because we're going into it, this annoys me. So we have the scene where the doctor and Joe appear on the yellow background, like you said, and there is no reference to that. At all, again, like as in I expected like, you know, later on they would appear at that point, maybe by accident. And then like, do you know what I mean some sort of reference to it of being? Apparently in the original script that it was supposed, the story was supposed to have ended with the Doctor and Joe ending up as the others. But apparently they cut it due to time. But then somehow they decided to keep the other bit in, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It doesn't make any because that's like our reference to ghosts, and then you know they're not ghosts, are they? It all makes sense later. So actually, jumping back and forth in time, but I just thought 
well, why do it? Why keep it? it it's just so weird. It, it happens. Joe, we know, has only been in space once before. She's never been in like the future or anything in that way. It's just really odd. And they're in the same clothes. So it's obviously a bad time. Oh, yeah. I've so many like. I know what you mean, though. You are sitting there thinking this has to come back in some way in the story. Maybe they're going to warn them. Maybe they need to pick something up. And I mean, maybe it's because I've watched too many Stephen Moffat scripts that I kind of expect everyone to be jumping back and forth. But but yeah, I mean, especially because they were wearing the same clothes. It had to happen. Yeah. Like Joe, hopefully, was getting out of that those clothes as quickly as she could to change into something. <laughs> no, I thought I thought it was just there to explain the ghost thing. And that was it. I didn't. I wasn't expecting them to. I thought it was just filler. Filler at the beginning. Chekhov's doctor, but like Chekhov's gun. I thought it was going to appear again yeah. at the end, but no. <laughs> no. Well, Joe gets. I'm going to just skip forward a little bit because Joe, uh, the doctor, fixes this box, and Joe gets whisked off to the future. Uh, which was I th- I, and do you know what she does quite a good acting because actually she's whisked off to the future and they always do this she looks a bit travel sick which she would be if you've been whisked forward in time I think that's what I look like when I get off like a, a long journey on a coach or something I look exactly <laughs> like Joe does <laughs> your, your ear like, pressure is just like this. readjusting yeah. <laughs> yeah but Sarah what did it look like for you the effect of I look cool Mine are really cool and futuristic-y and, like, lots of colour and, like, lights. Okay, yeah, we just had Joe spinning round. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even think Joe moved. I don't don't remember that being much of a thing on mine. Okay, well, well, when... There's a chance that my delivery arrived around the same time. (laughs) Was it Joe? (laughs) Yeah, it was Joe bringing (laughs) paper. (laughs) (laughs) so uh, there's a really clever line in this where so joe meets the controller and he's very nice to her um and he's trying to get information from her and it cuts because he says oh you've already told me the year what is the date and if only she'd said the year we would totally know when all these stories were set and when unit was set but they very cleverly avoid saying what year it she's come from but we know mark already we've had this discussion what year is it then? It's the eighties, isn't it? We didn't. Do you want the exact year? Well, we don't no, know. No, seventies. It's, it's not eighties. Seventies. It's the seventies because of the hair. We've had this discussion. <laughs> okay. 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 Well, it's Bill Tyler's hair <laughs> was the one that sealed it. We did have a lot of uh, long hair moustache combos in this mm. episode as well. Mm. I did find. It's, it's Dusty Springfield meets you know. Tail end of the 60s, yeah, early of yeah. the 70s, yeah. Well, it's yeah. just the fashion just comes around. It's just cycled around yeah, yeah, into the future. They're clearly uh, wearing Brillo pads in the future. Well, that means you can do some cleaning <laughs> while you're there. <laughs> Rub up against the Daleks <laughs> to make them clean. <laughs> and we have uh, the Ogrons then back in time, sort of going to the house, attacking the house. And I was thinking, hang on a second, isn't Unit supposed to be guarding this house? Where is Unit when all these people are in and out of the house all the time? Where are they? Well, unit are a bit shit, aren't they, really? They are useless. <laughs> I, I do enjoy as well, maybe we have, have we got to, maybe we've... Well, we'll just go everywhere, it's fine. Just, we'll just go everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> the Ogron's voices, yeah. the Ogron's voices are hilarious. We had to rewind that a few times, where that one had made the effort to go, you know, sound like an Ogron, and then the other one just clearly couldn't care less. Just talking. Yeah. <laughs> no complications. Your report? We found and destroyed the enemy. <laughs> That's the lie, yeah, isn't that, it? 
It really remind they really reminds me of the I can't remember what they're called, but in HG Wells, the time traveller. The oh no, it's a time machine, isn't it? Um where he goes back and he's got sort of like early man alien. Mm. I don't know what even that was. They've got a name, haven't they? They've got a name. I can't remember what they are. Yeah, those oh. kinds of things. Really reminded me of that. But I, I I did like the design of them. I thought it was quite simple but effective. Oh, they look they look mm. good. I just think they should have cast someone a bit better. <laughs> But I suppose, actually, they could have had Ogrons or they could have just gone back to Robo-Men. There's no difference, really. They're just hypnotised sort of servant people, aren't they? Well, well, the servant things that do as they're told. Yeah. I agree, though, like, don't give them a line. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need that. Make it really clear. (laughs) And this is what... It sounds like, from what you said with the director, it just sounds like he's like, just say it. I don't care. Like, there's absolutely no thought been put into this at all. From I think you can really tell that, though. I don't know if it's just me, but I just feel like... You look at something like The Demons, which is so well shot and directed. It's got lots of, you know, like, panning shots and, you know, it's filmed from above the church and, like, things like that. It, it feels more creative, whereas this just feels like, like I said earlier, it's just stick the camera there, say the lines, get on with it. Just Yeah, get my paycheck, move on. I did enjoy the uh, the the use of uh, when the controller was on the screen to the Daleks and it cut directly from him to him on the screen. And it was obviously just blue screen that stuck there, but I did quite enjoy that. And they did use that a few times. They love a bit of blue screen or yellow. Yeah, you can't you can't not have an episode now without some blue screen, <laughs> especially in the future. You can reuse I mean, it. That's why. There's a really nice scene where Joe and the controller have a buffet. We love a buffet. There's some grapes, I noticed. I noticed uh, that. I love a buffet. I know. Buffet's and, my favourite food. I love and, buffet. And they've got them all. And you see later on when the doctor has food, they're in these all these little plastic containers with all, you know, some crisps, I think, and something. And it's like, if you've seen the home edit on Netflix, that's what they do. I love the home edit where everything is kept in plastic containers so you can find it. Obviously, in the future, the home edit is big. On That's what the controller's been watching. Uh, I cannot recommend I cannot recommend plastic containers enough. So I went round to Mark's one day. There's this, I'm talking like as the size of me, giant box in the middle of his living room. I went, what have you got? He went, plastic boxes. Um, how many? <laughs> I've watched your programme. They put everything in plastic boxes. It's like the best thing. So that's what I'm doing. So everything is in tiny little plastic boxes everywhere. That's Mark's life. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to lie, that does sound pretty good. Yeah. And the controller's on it. We should all be on it. How do you know what's in the boxes, though? You have to well, write on what the... No, they're see-through. <laughs> that's what yeah, makes it... So you've got so many boxes. How do you know what's in them all? We can oh, see I sound really them. stupid at the moment. <laughs> You can see through them, like like the the food, like the buffet controller food. You can see how much is left in the box. I did like the. Uh, I'm guessing they were like the wine bottle as well, and with the big, with the big glasses. Um, I'm that guessing is, it was wine or something else, but that was great. That's I, massive. I, it, it was such a. It was a weirdly eclectic set design across the whole episode because you had this sort of yeah the Star Trek green and silver, and then you had sort of what was almost like a sort of Japanese style. Um, dining set with them sitting on the floor and then you've got Mark's Tupperware there <laughs> you've got the, the Cluedo house back on in present day yeah, so yeah, it, was, yeah. It, was, it was a good sort of different use of um, locations I thought 
And actually, there's a lot of filming, actual filming outside, location filming for this one. One thing as well, I feel like I'm just going to shit on everyone's parade. <laughs> um, Do you not like Tupperware boxes, David? I love a Tupperware box, to the point I've got one with Sooty on, don't judge me. Um, the cliffhangers as well. When they did the reprise, they played the cliffhanger again. I don't know if they did that. I in noticed the that. And I got really... Again, it's just shown like lazy, lazy editing, just like lazy. I, yeah, just I don't really know what my point is. Really, I'm just saying it's very lazy. Well, well I, I'm surprised they let that through. I know, I know what you mean though. With what the, the, the music, they play the music again, don't they? Yeah. So the the episode will start again, and then they'll re, they'll do the cliffhanger, but then they'll play the music again, and then it will go like boom, 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 boom. It's, it's done ad verbatim rather than just making it into a new scene that carries on. Yeah. So you just have an awkward transition of the cliffhanger mm. music just stops and you carry on. Or we just go to a new scene Ex- in some cases. Except in the last episode when they had that banging song, didn't they? Do you remember the cliffhanger to episode three where they're sh- shouting, you will be exterminated? And I don't know about the special edition, but they repeat, you will be exterminated so times, it turns into a bit of a banging sort of tune. <laughs> you will be exterminated. You will be exterminated. And it just kind of goes on forever. I might go back and try and listen for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's on the original, you know, and then it, it goes into the theme tune. But I think carry on like that, put a few, you know, drums in. Keep it going, yeah. yeah Season nine. probably already that, out yeah. there. It's probably, probably already a track. In the future. And the BBC are making a mint off it. <laughs> Probably in the future, that's like the dance, you know, when they when they go out clubbing, the Daleks, that's what they club to. Oh my gosh, can you imagine Daleks clubbing? <laughs> I could do good, good spin. Hang on, we will not do that. I will never do that again. <laughs> I mean, I know how they're inspired before as well. We're not going there. <laughs> Thank God this wasn't being filmed. As they, a could do, they could have like little disco balls instead of their Dalek bumps. <gasps> yeah, and then if they spin, they catch the light and then everyone's like, woo! Yeah, I want to see like a really like drunk, slutty Dalek. Yeah, how do Daleks chat each other up? Have you been here before? (laughs) (laughs) That's what they need in that control unit thing. They need some, you know, some neon lights. Control unit women can have a bit of a dance with a Dalek. Just right, the disco ball comes down as to the screamers. Daleks only dance with each other. She's she's DJ. They're not. They're controlling all the music for the planet. They're like. So what we didn't see was just outside of that room was actually the rave going on, and we never showed us that. And at the beginning beginning of each time, she'll go, "Sir, this song is for you, sir." (laughs) Is it weird that I imagine the music being the YMCA? No, that's not correct. <laughs> 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 but the can't do YMCA. They don't have that same dexterity. Yeah, yes, they can. they can't they can do it with its plungers. You know, we can do many things with its plungers, but not the YMCA. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we get back to the story? <laughs> no. This sounds more interesting. <laughs> I just can't believe it. I want at the next Oscars, Mark, just to say, the next Oscars, I want um, like a mid award session performance, and it's the Daleks performing the YMCA. Okay? And I think they'd be wearing each of the costumes as well. <laughs> yes. And I think you've got to have a girl technician there, you know, on, you know, doing the discs. DJ, yeah. yeah. Sir, this is the YMCA for you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the doctor gets interrogated. 
Are we on the second episode now? I'm not sure where we are. I We've skipped ahead. We've skipped ahead. We're, I'm going to go to the bit where the doctor's interrogated. Only the second episode. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I can't so doc- believe we're only just there, to be honest. <laughs> hang on, hang on. So the doctor's interrogated, and then we meet interrogate a man, and then mu- moustache good interrogate a man. I thought that was a nice extra... I, I mean, I don't like that horrible interrogation man with the weird hat. I thought that he was a bit odd. Can I Can I ask you a question, Sarah? Yeah. Don't worry, it won't be this personal. <laughs> um, did you think that the master was going to be in this? No. Okay. I didn't. Because he got taken away at the end and he didn't escape or anything, it was like, he is gone. And I kind of just felt that, like, that was the conclusion of his story with this doctor. Because when the man with the moustache appeared, I did wonder if you were thinking that might have been the master just turn up again. No, I mean, I would genuinely have been flabbergasted if the master turned up. And I think I would have been annoyed. If you swapped out the controller with the master, that would work, though. No, it would. Um, because the Daleks, you have to obey the Daleks and the master wants dominance. The reason that like the controller... He's just doing as he's told because he don't want to die. The master doesn't give, like, he wants power. He wants to rule, doesn't he? I don't know. They could work together. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay. And actually, this is when, when the Daleks can work with something, I quite enjoy them. When it's just like, we are the best, kill everything. Meh, they're a bit. I'm like, ugh, okay, like, get a new tune. But when, I like it when the dogs are a bit clever. Like the one where it was pretending to be good. That was great. I was like, yes, that's proper evil Dalek. Mark's looking oh. confused. It's the one, and then they were making copies of them, but it was Power just pretending the to help them. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Jan yeah, Lee. Oh, yeah, cool. Sorry, Jan Lee. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, sorry, I'm just surprised when you remember these things. <laughs> <laughs> me too, me too. You mentioned Galaxy 4 earlier. I can't believe that. That was ages ago. Sarah, that that's how it starts, you see. By season 26, you'll be you'll be harking back. To Keys and Marinus. Always. Always. <laughs> it's not an episode or two or two if we don't mention Keys and Marinus. Yes. <laughs> um, so just going through my notes again. So the bit where Joe is screaming for help for the trap, that was quite funny, where the doctor's like, Joe. Yeah. She was given. A, she was given a little bit of something to do, at least. Yeah. yeah. One thing interesting as well: smoking in Doctor Who. That's something that doesn't happen. The, the gorillas were having cigarettes and stuff when they were planning the battle. What? They were. I didn't they were. They actually. Maybe they cut that out from the special edition. They don't want any of that anymore. It did really feel like that kind of. Um, you know, the, you know the scene in a war film or something before the big push at the end, and they're all sat there, and it's all the quiet before the storm, and it did feel a bit like that. Mm. Except, except in this, they were in a car park. Yes, the future is a car park. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Did you see the skip? Someone left a skip. Yes, someone just silver plates in it over. Like, oh, <laughs> it was been day. Just get rid of the set afterwards. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> on the, on the, I know on the special edition they've 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 changed it and everything, but in the original, the future looks like a block of flats. I, those flats are still there. Are they? It's on the it's location thing, yeah. It's mine, but it was all really, like, smoky and green and cool. No, it yeah. was literally just a block of flats and yeah. they'd done nothing with it. And yeah, a car park. It was, like, all high stories and it looked really cool and, like, like instant, I was like, that's the future. This is what we were saying about another reason why I don't like this story. 
Um, there was, <laughs> no effort has been made to make it look like the future. Like there were times where we were sat there going, well, are, are, are they in the future now or are they back to We did get day? confused as to where they were at times because it looked so similar. There's no distinguishment yeah. between it. Distinguishment, mm. that's not a word. Uh, well, there is a futuristic quad bike. Yeah, the worst chase ever. The Ogons were literally having to just walk, to run deliberately slowly so they didn't accidentally catch up with it before they were meant to. Is this the one where he gets on and pulls the wire on the right that just happens to be outside? That just yeah. happens to be a quad yeah. bike outside? Perfect, of Mad course. Max, it was not. No. Oh, I'll tell you what did annoy me, and it's so pathetic that this annoyed me. So, you know... He's gone into the future, the doctor. He's just when he's hidden from a Dalek. And then he looks and it, like it pans out and there's like some a ladder in front of him. Right. And there's a light like shining down, which makes you think, oh, light above. And then he climbs up and it's a pot. It's a manhole. So I'm like, well, where's the light coming from? <laughs> And it really annoyed me. <laughs> and I cared to admit. <laughs> For a long time, I was like, that makes no sense. There should be a light. He was following a light. <laughs> I've never noticed that before. Well, oh. I did. And it really annoyed me. A lot. That's what <laughs> that was like, if, you know what you were talking about? That was my big grievance of the episode. Well, here's a positive. When the Doctor's been interrogated, we see a picture of the first and second Doctor. That's nice. Yeah. Is but that the first time that's ever happened? That they've shown the previous Doctor? I think so. I, I feel like they oh. showed the first Doctor with the second one when they first when he had the, the mirror. Doctor. When he had the mirror. How, Sarah, how do you know this? I'm just so ah! What? <laughs> by, yeah, the end of this, by the end of this entire podcast season, she's gonna be gonna swap roles, aren't you? You two. I had to explain an episode to Mark a few weeks ago. Let's start to get that. <laughs> you can the end of times. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, this is another thing that scene. Again, no effort has been made. It's it's just the title sequence in the background. And yeah, you know, the, the Daleks are shouting exterminate about four billion fucking times like the doctor's lying down you've got the picture in the background and you've got the dark you don't really see much of the Daleks. you only see sort of like their head like popping over the top it's not shot in a very good way they're, they're not domineering they're just like these things in the because they've got to get all so much in the shot it just doesn't they're not very like you say domineering other than the like other than the fact that they've taken over earth but i mean they also like you know, they're quite giving. They let that human live. They let them do things for them. They have other creatures help. I was like, oh, you know, they're here. They've obviously done something that we don't know about. They're quite um, parasitic in this episode. They, they take over the Earth because the Earth is weak, I think, isn't it? They've sort of started the destruction mm. based on that day with the convention. Um, and, yeah, they're, they're there, but it does you don't get a sense that they are their overlords because... I don't. We we weren't clear if the humanity knew about the Daleks or not, because yeah. the Daleks were hidden in their little roof, but they weren't exactly hiding themselves when the door opened and closed. And you had sort of the shots of the slaves outside in the car park. And <laughs> did they think? Did they know they were being ruled by the Daleks or or not? So you never. I never really got a sense of threat from the Daleks. They were just there. Yeah, I agree. 
and I think it's sort of like a given, like, oh, well, we know, the audience knows the Daleks, so they know that they're bad and they'll be the thing. But actually, just can explain it. It's not hard. That's it. Write the, the, a story. The, the, the Doctor has his typical line whenever the Daleks are in there. He says, oh, you've got experience. He says, yes, we're all doomed, we're all going to die, whatever it is. But we never see any evidence of that. So they're mm. defeated fairly quickly, to be perfectly honest. So Sarah was just saying that that scene with the ladder annoyed her. I tell you what really annoyed me, and I shouldn't have been so annoyed by this. Why does the why did why did the end credits start coming over the face of the Doctor and the Daleks like that? I don't know why that really infuriated me so much. <laughs> I think it might have been because really? they were showing they were showing the graphics of the end credits behind the Doctor's pictures. I almost wonder if maybe they just accidentally there was an error or something, and it started coming over, bleeding over, because then it just sort of seamlessly transitions the into the credits then. But it was a bit, it takes you out of it, doesn't it? I don't it think I had me. that. I'm just trying oh, to... Oh, no. They would have sorted it out for the special yeah, edition. Yeah. They've annoyed... had 50 years to sort that out. Yeah. <laughs> it, it annoyed me so much, and I don't quite know why it annoyed me. Maybe just because everything else in this story annoyed me. Okay, okay. David, is there one... What what positives are there in this story? <laughs> Annette. Annette. Miss Paget. So basically, the two women of who were the... Uh... Yeah, saving graces. Yeah. yeah, basically. Um, That's in most stories. Let's be honest. <laughs> but this is—I mean, this isn't like a, a fan one. That's like everybody. It's not down there, is it? It's not like a. People all think it's all right, don't they? It's not hated. I think it's a story. This one that a lot of people watched as kids, like myself, and really loved it. And then watching it again, and they're like. You know, I can imagine as a, as, a, as a young kid, you could really enjoy this because it's like the Daleks are back and it's a big epic fight. And then you watch it as an adult and you're like, it's three Daleks going towards a house. Yeah, no, no, they're not bothering going that fast. They're taking their time. They don't want to invade. They just, they, you know, they want to, they might stop over for a little chef on the way to the battle. You know, it's just. <laughs> I, could... I love a little chef. Hang on. He's got a little chief. Little oh. <laughs> oh my god, they used to do really good breakfast, little chef. Oh it's the lollipops I remember. <gasps> yes. Oh. Whenever we pass on, I was like, oh my god, it's a little chief, go get a little chief. And my mum like chef was like, my dad would be like, let her call it chief. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to little chief, yeah. And in fact, before I moved to Wales, on my way down, though like it was one of the few left in the country, there was a little chief. They're gone. A yeah, lot, you don't like, get many now. Oh, you don't get many. No. Yeah, my no. parents had their very first date at a little chef. <laughs> oh. It was I hope like get married at little chef in that case. <laughs> <laughs> so this was oh gosh, forty nine years ago, and they were like you know the hip new thing. And I remember Mum saying their very first date was at little chef. They wow. were great. Yeah, I loved a little show. I think they've probably all been replaced by uh, McDonald's. Other fast food restaurants are available. I've just got to get that in there. <laughs> we definitely didn't have McDonald's just now, did we? No. Mm. <sighs> There's, um, I can't remember. The, I think, do you remember when it, it was around the time? Oh, God, we're really going to talk about this now. It's around the time. Can I just say, this is going to be more interesting than Day of the Daleks for me. <laughs> <laughs> If you if you don't if you feel like watching Day of the Daleks, just put on a little chef documentary instead. Well no, this is it. There was a little chef documentary and it was around the time of Jamie <laughs> Oliver's. Yeah. It was around Jamie Oliver was doing his like healthy meals and doing the whole like, you know, turkey twisters and all that. And um 
and I think Little Chef were trying to like reinvent. So they got it wasn't long after that because people were like, oh, it's really bad. So they tried to get and I'm like 90% sure on this chef. I might be another chef. But I'm pretty sure it was Heston Blumenthal that came in. Yeah. I'm not that wrong. Does that like, does make a bell now. Yes. And he because they were like, you know, we don't have like pans. We don't we have like a microwave and we've got like this. Like the basically they didn't have stuff. So he had to make up like how to make really exciting new meals for little chef with like no resources, like a microwave. And he was doing like scrambled eggs in a bag and stuff. And it, yeah, yes, that was the thing. Can I just say every time I come on this, I always learn something new because last time I didn't know that daddy long legs were um, poisonous. (laughs) And now I know that little chiefs um, don't have, don't have any, a micro are they? As, as, I, yeah, I, I doubt yeah. Nigel Lawson's ever stepped in a little chef. Let's be honest. No. <laughs> well, do you know who who's had food from Hester Blumenthal? You. Who? Um, Sir Reginald Styles, obviously. Mark's trying to get us back to the story. <laughs> and I, and he's just, he's just, just arriving back. He's just you know, arriving I back from the peace thought, conference. I genuinely thought for a minute you were going to say Caroline Ford. Oh, I bet she's yeah. She's had a bit of Heston's oh, yeah. food. Or I Polly, Polly, is that what Polly's Danny. going to do for her birthday? She's going to stream from Heston Blumenfalls, and you can all watch her eat, and you just, can pay for a meal. How's that sound? Just to let everyone know, at time at the time of recording this tomorrow, <laughs> me and Mark, and we're hoping Sarah might come back with a cameo appearance. Annika Wills is having a birthday party on Zoom. How much you paid for that? Ten pound. Like I can't, I can't encourage that. I cannot <laughs> encourage that behaviour. I can't be a part of it. It goes against everything I believe in. It's like it's like having a birthday. Like me saying, to Sarah, hey Sarah, I've organised a birthday party for you, but I'm going to pay you to come. <laughs> it really is. It's so dicky and it's so exploitative. And she didn't give a shit. <laughs> well, we are gonna. We will uh, send her your love when we uh, see her on Zoom and tomorrow. That's the thing, I can't cover my face. Like I couldn't hide whatever she's doing or saying. My face can't hide that, and I just can't be that dick. It's better me not going. And next week on the podcast, Mark will tell you how. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna tell you everything. <laughs> Sorry, should we get back? To- anyway, back. Yes, back to the story. So. We go back, we end up back, the conference is starting to happen. And I really like the bit where you've got the TV presenter again saying all these people are arriving. That's a nice way of doing it. That's It makes it feel a bit more epic. I'm still seething about what's her name. Annika oh, Wells no. charging £10 for a, oh, what is essentially quite a free service. <laughs> can can this go on. out? Is this allowed to go? Can I? <laughs> do I need to edit this out? <laughs> Yeah, she's here tonight. <laughs> okay. uh, Sarah's views on Annika Wills do not represent everybody on this podcast <laughs> or this podcast. Okay, other, other Annika Wills are available. <laughs> I, I did enjoy. I did enjoy in this. I think it must be in the. Anyway, yes, yeah, yeah. Let's carry on. Let's I carry on. It. Point. Uh, I did like that we learned the word quizzling, which was used, which means <gasps> yeah. to be a traitor to one's country. Yes. Oh. It was. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to try, try and use that one. 
Susie Jones got <laughs> that issue. So, oh, yeah. Speaking of, speaking of Polly, aka Annika Wells. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, you're quizzling. <laughs> Oh my god, I really Best cannot wishes. leave the scene. <laughs> <laughs> One thing as well, um uh, in episode four, but um Anat says that Boaz has been killed, but I'm I'm we, where was he killed? We didn't see it, I'm pretty sure. Hang on, is he the moustache? Make one? that presumption. No, he, he was the he was the non-moustache he was one, the, which narrows it down a bit. Actually. He was no, the sort of good looking ish one yeah. who didn't have a moustache or anything. Oh, he's he disappears at the end, isn't he? He's the very last one. In the no, house. He's, no, no, there's no, that, another. That's Shura. That's Shura at the end. God, Boaz is the one who later appears in Image of the Fendal, which is not a spoiler. <gasps> um, but yeah, he he has that. I think there's a scene where the Dalek gets killed in the car park. What a way to go! Um, and then he just doesn't appear again. And then later on, she goes, "Oh, Boaz has been killed." And you're like, but there's the, where. It shows how little oh. care they really put into their characters by that point. We didn't yeah. really know anything about the yeah. um, the gorillas other than they were against the regime. Yeah, and you'd think there'd be a few more of them. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there were three Daleks, three gorillas, it seems fair. But there, yeah. was, that oh, other yeah, gor- there was that other gorilla, wasn't there, who uh, came into it? In, in... Well, he was sort of the leader of the gorillas. So the, the blonde guy with the moustache was sort of higher up than a gnat. Then you had a gnat who was then had her two lads with her. Sorry, I thought you said a nap. <laughs> it was higher than a nap. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Have oh, a nap absolutely. with a gnat. <laughs> that does not offer those services, how dare you. <laughs> I'll tell you who would for a tenner. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know oh, how God. angry anyway, I am? Anyway, oh, we should have mentioned this. We should not I've have mentioned this. I've taken my slipper off and I'm pulling off all the beads to distract my own anger. Oh, that is God. how, like, anyway. look, there's like a little collection of them. I'm just like, Annika Wills. <laughs> okay, okay, back to the story. Back to the story. We're talking about the gorillas, yeah. Um, oh, can I just say, actually, on the gorillas? So when were they named that? Who, like... Like, we know they're that, but it's sort of presumed... Like, I can't remember what she called. Joe. Yes, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no, Joe is it's in this. Polly called- is not in this, Sarah. <laughs> Polly's gone. She's, she's the left. The other blonde. What's the other blonde that's... Uh, okay, no. No, I like Joe. I so think Joe- they, they refer to them at the start because they say they're gorillas. Mm. I don't think they're it's not a- called the gorillas. It's just they're gorilla warfare. Uh, do you mean, sorry, Sarah, do you mean their names or gorillas? Gorillas. Yeah, they do. They do mention it. They do say they're gorillas. Do uh, they? Because I oh, yeah. I must have missed that. Yeah, I kind of just got, like, how is everyone picking up that that's what they called so quickly? <laughs> like, they like Joe was zapped away, and then like, so she's oh yeah, the gorillas. It's like when did she hear that? So mm. I missed that. So there's we have the slowest invasion ever. We have three dark. Obviously, Sarah wouldn't have had this because she was especially. There are three Daleks. They're not really worrying, you know, about the conference particularly. And there's a there's a great story. I've I've written this down because I've got to mention it. So John Pertwee being interviewed, and both him and Katie Manning don't like the story. And he said he t- he, t- he tells this story about when they turned up for filming at the um, house, and it's like ASM or um, you know, uh, assistant direct, director's assistant came and came over to John and said, "So John, the house has been surrounded by Daleks. You know that every single person is stuck in the house. We can't get them out." The Daleks have surrounded the house. You know, it's your job to save the day. And John Pope, we said, where are the Daleks? Because over there, there's two of them. 
And they said, well, how do you shoot a Dalek invasion with two Daleks? We go, well, it's easy. You shoot the two and then you move them around and then you shoot two more kind of thing. And, and again, it doesn't, because it's so lazily done, it, it just looks absolutely, it just looks ridiculous. It just looks like they're popping in for a cup of tea. It does, yeah. They're li- Even like, I can't imagine why they would so believe that he's in that house when everyone else is fleeing it. Are they that stupid that they're like, yeah. they're in the house, they're in the house. Where are they in the house? Where is he? Like, I was just like, they're not that thick. You came up with a good point that if they'd not had the gold one and just the two um, black ones, that they could have done a more of an effort of making them look like there's more, but they don't. No, yeah, you just have those three and move them. Yeah, it doesn't work just moving the camera because it's the three information. They haven't done it in the right way where they uh, they just need to put more effort in to make it look like there's more of them, more different camera angles, different shots, but they don't. Yeah, it's just them slowly walking across the field or whatever it's called, rolling across the field. <laughs> I mean, it, it felt like, because we were talking about this, it felt like obviously the, the writer would have come up with the story, presumably in the idea there'd be more Daleks. Then when it became the reality, there were only three Daleks. Surely you then think about that's the ending of the story and maybe, you know, have the Daleks sneaking into the house without it needing to be a big invasion. Because Daleks can do a good bit of, you know, skirting around some corridors, being a bit bit sneaky and under under the cover of darkness or something like that. And then at least you can work with the number of Daleks you have rather than trying to augment them. Or put a line in something saying like, you three will go. Like, no, they can't be trusted. You three will go and do this job. Something like that. Because yeah. it does make it sound like, we're all going. Ah! You know, and it's not a story of them. Then when we find out that it's all the gorillas' fault, that's a good, well, not a twist, but there's a you know that's a strong moment where I'm going to do my John Pertwee impression here we go where he says you're trapped in a temporal paradox <laughs> no that was very good style to <laughs> you did it yourselves that's it you did it yourselves yeah that's a good moment there and you're like oh okay and that brings it all together at the end I like that I wish you'd made more of that actually so David, is this your least favourite Third Doctor story? I think it probably is. There are a few others that I would categorise, um, but I do think this is, yeah, this is not very good. But it is interesting having heard everybody else's opinion. Like, I, you know, it's, this is the thing that I like about Doctor Two is, is someone else's um, dominators can be someone else's keys of marinus. You know, so that's nice. So I'm glad. I can, I like. I'm. I'm. I'm glad Sarah enjoyed it. And maybe um, it's because the edition I watched. Yeah, yeah. So Richard, compared to other John Pertwee stories you've seen, how does this compare? I mean, to be honest, this one was just inoffensive. I felt it, it was sort of a middle of the road one to me. I mean, I've seen a um, another later John Pertwee, which. I know I hated. So I, um, but there, there, I mean, Claws of Axos. I didn't like Claws of Axos as well, actually. Oh, that's no. a surprise. No, I didn't like that. I can't remember why. I watched it ages ago now, but whenever we watch one, David gets me to score it out of 10. So there's an interesting list of my ongoing opinions on that. Mm. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll, you will say, though, what's your highest rated? My highest rated is The Mind Robber. 
Yes, that was, the that mind robber. And so, so, Sarah, out of ten, what are you giving this? Five. Okay. It's not like top of the. Look, I think I expect more because it's the start of the season. It was not, you know, we've got the. It's not nice having the Daleks back. They're there, aren't they? But I agree. They didn't really add anything. It could have been any other baddie. Mm. Oh, well, uh, shall I tell you the name of the next story coming up then? Yeah. Okay. It's four episodes. Right. And it's called The Curse of Peladon. Oh. So what are you thinking might happen in that? I feel like it might be off Earth again, which I'm excited about. Well, we better head off. Mrs. Padgett is outside. She needs to lock up. Um, she's got things to do, hasn't she? So, um, Don't we thank- all? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta watch the next story now. Uh, <laughs> um, How many so episodes you. is it? Four. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Um, uh, we, be- so- we better be off back to the future because we've got oh. we're stop. We're going to stop at a little chief on the way, I think, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we don't want yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, before you head off, thank you very much for joining us on this story. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. First and, time um, first time podcaster. There we go. Oh, brilliant. Excellent. Well, you're, you're... welcome to the world. <laughs> the dark, dark place to be. <laughs> uh, well, rocking um, in a chair. <laughs> And thank you, Richard, for watching Day of the Daleks. I hope it wasn't too of a bad experience watching this story. It was worth <laughs> it for this. <laughs> and uh, David, you're going to be back a bit later on in the season for another story. Yes. Exciting times ahead. Yeah. Uh, and where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, so my Twitter is Mrs. Remington Fan. Okay, yep. And, uh, well, uh, wait till we get to explain to Sarah about Mrs. Remington. <laughs> Literally wetting my pants with excitement. I cannot wait. <laughs> if she does not win a Oscar, I will be... You'll I... never be on again. <laughs> no, I'll be fuming. <laughs> Absolutely fuming. Cool. Okay. And, yeah, we will see you next week for The Curse of Peladon. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 2WatchWho and you can support us on buymeacoffee.com forward slash 2WatchWho. See you next week. Bye. 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 2 Watch Who.